up, nerds? <laughs> Today um, is going to be the first ever day of our podcast. It's the first ever episode and the first part to our series. It's going to be a series of three called Mama's Boys. I'm here with my host, my other host, well, Elijah. I'm Anna, and let's get into it. Elijah, would you like to take the lead on the first story? Oh, well, I was going to introduce myself. Uh, oh, so. <laughs> you can introduce yourself. Uh, hi, I'm Elijah. I am a history major. I will be, uh, basically to give a rundown of what our podcast is going to be about, I am going to, uh, I'm going to be talking about a historical figure who matches the topic of our videos, and Anna here will be doing more of a true crime, you know, serial killers who uh, match the topic of the video. Um, and as she said, we are focused on Mama's Boys. Um, Anna, would you like to introduce the serial killer you're going to be talking about? Today, I thought it was fitting. I think that today I'm talking about H.H. H. Holmes. Or, as his real name is, Herman Webster Mudgett. That's, that is an interesting. <laughs> and Elijah, who will you be talking about today? I will be talking about everybody's favorite mama's boy in history. Um, I mean, probably not your favorite, but um, Alexander the Great, um, who I'm guessing, I, I mean, I hope by most people, like, they know that he's a mama's boy, but I don't think he's very well known as a mama's boy, as he should be, but we'll talk about that. <laughs> uh, do, do you want to go first? Do you want me to? Go first, and oh, uh, you should. Okay, I should. Okay, all right. Let us begin. Okay, so before we talk about Alexander the Great, let's talk about his parents. Oh, what let's, did his parents do? Uh, okay, well, so his dad is, you know, uh, King Philip of Macedon, and um, so you know they they got this little kingdom in Greece, and, and uh, th this guy, mind you, he's already had three wives before he meets like Alexander's mom. So, so like because like back during this time you have to understand the context people are really only having marriages and like like relationship like relationships for diplomatic reasons the, this man is trying I to, like to see a musical made out of this one. Oh my jesus christ you know, oh, oh okay mind you guys anna is a theater kid and yeah <laughs> um but yeah, so Philip, he's already got three wives. He he's establishing uh Macedon's dominance uh throughout the Greek peninsula. Uh I mean because he's trying to get um this will tie into like Alexander and his conquest of Persia, but he's trying to get together, like he's trying to establish a league of all the Greek city-states and uh, like get get a good army together to later on go and invade Persia. And so he's trying to get all of the city-states, like, under his banner, under his control in one way or another through either invasion or, like, diplomacy. And he meets um, uh, Alexander's mother, who is generally called Olympias, but um, that, that wasn't her name at the time. She was Myrtle. Her name was Myrtle. Myrtle. Uh, Myrtle. <laughs> Myrtle. Uh, I know, right? So, so her name was Myrtle uh, before she met Philip, and um, they they meet on the island of uh, I believe it's pronounced Samothrace, 
Um, and uh, he he was there purely for diplomatic reasons, and then he realizes. I mean, a story. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, I yeah, but um, at the same time, I mean, like the the way that like it's written, like how they met, like by like historical records. Uh, I I think Plutarch wrote about this in his uh work uh mor- the the Moralius and. Oh, oh, oh god <laughs> uh so so like it's love at first sight that's how it's written he's already got three wives before he meets her and uh but but the thing is, is that uh she belongs to the royal line uh in the the kingdom of uh Epirus. uh her brother is in line for the throne um and uh ironically enough i believe his name is like alexander the first of Epirus, not to be confused with any alexanders from philip's line but uh so yeah yes it was absolutely popular name we'll get into a lot of names that are super popular philip is extremely popular alexander's popular um but but anyways uh so she belongs to this uh this noble family um who they claim descendants from uh neop uh uh who is the son of achilles who is also sometimes called uh, uh pyrrhus um so yeah so so they 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 claim like divine like noble blood because it's like oh yeah we're descendants of fucking achilles like how, how are you gonna beat that Yes, exactly. Very much divine right. Um. So yeah, she, her her name is Myrtle whenever she meets him, but um, she changed her name to Olympias because uh, his like horse wins like the race in the Olympic Games in uh, do I have the year written down? Uh, yes, three fifty six BCE. Um, so his horse wins that race and to basically memorialize his victory at the Olympic games. Uh, she's like, okay, I'll change my name to Olympias. Cause you know, Olympics, the Olympic games. So. And the horse run away. Y- yes. Okay. <laughs> I mean, well, 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 I mean, okay. Cause this is what they did back then. They, they, a well-loved horse. I, it was, it was indeed. I, I mean, I hope anything more about the horse. I, I don't, I don't even know the name of the horse. Actually. I, I don't. Why didn't she name herself after the horse? The horse won. Like, I don't know. I I mean, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, but okay. Anyways, moving on. Um, but yes, a year later, um, Alexander is born. Um. Uh, and uh, there there's like a lot of like oracles and like divinity around like Alexander being born because like first off they got a male heir to the Macedonian throne now like guaranteed because I mean you know she gave birth to a boy. But, um, yeah, so, uh, Olympias claims that she dreamed that a thunderbolt fell upon her womb and a great fire was kindled and its flames, uh, dispersed when they were extinguished. And then Philip also claimed that he dreamed that he put a seal of a lion on Olympias's womb. Now, they went to this oracle named, uh, Aristander, uh, really hope I'm pronouncing his name right. Um and he claimed that because of this that Alexander would be born with with a very bold nature and would, who is very lion-like. 
you know, like uh, further making symbolic like claims and like metaphor fours to like Zeus and or I mean even maybe Hercules because of the lion, like you know. Um, so you know, just th- this idea of divinity is very important in Alexander's upbringing. I mean, not only because of his mother's like family's claim to being descendants of Achilles, but like also this whole oracle and divinity surrounding his birth um so but not only do they get do they have uh alexander uh as a child but uh alexander has a younger sister uh named uh cleopatra not to be confused with the cleopatra of egypt that everybody knows that is much later on uh a lot of people are named cleopatra during this time a lot of people are named philip a lot of people are named alexander there's a lot because people name themselves after their kids and their other relatives and i mean not name themselves after their kids they they name themselves after their well they name their kids after themselves and other relatives and shit like that very big egos very big absolutely absolutely um i i philip definitely had a big ego alexander's father but well we'll get into that so um okay so then their marriage gets rocky as alexander grows up um uh he he's definitely a lot more closer to his mom because you know his dad's like constantly either out like fighting or trying to make diplomatic ties uh so yeah his mom is around more often and, and she she ensures that her son has a very good education um uh alexander even gets uh by the very famous Greek philosopher Aristotle. Everybody knows who Aristotle is. I I hope you know who Aristotle is. Who okay, Aristotle okay, is. okay, 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 okay. We're okay. Make sure, make sure. But anyway, so yeah, she she makes it very important that he get, he gets educated. Um, but 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 she like feels a bunch of shit into him. Like he's she she really presses him about like you are descendant of Achilles, like and shit like that. And there are some like. Uh, theories that say that she was even telling him like Philip isn't even your real father. Ooh. Yeah, it, well, but 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 not like that. But like stuff like Philip isn't even your real father. Zeus is really your father. Zeus came to me like the the night you were conceived, and she's. Let's be fucking serious, Zeus. Uh, yes. <laughs> um. So yeah, she claims that like Alexander, you're a demigod. You're destined for greatness. You know, shit like that. But like, just really feeling into his ego like you are a demigod like it's yeah um but anyway so philip and clear uh, philip and olympias's marriage gets like really rocky and um oh one th- uh one, one piece of context i have to like put together is that uh she belonged to a uh she was a member of the snake worshiping cult of dionysus i know absolutely beautiful and um Plutarch writes that, um, you can speak some Chinese. Plutarch? Plutarch, yeah. Very, very unique name. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll name my kid Plutarch. You're going to name your kid Plutarch? Maybe. You know, celebrate the first episode of the podcast. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> kind of memorialize it. <laughs> uh, anyway, so yeah, Plutarch writes that, uh, uh, that Olympias like slept in her bed like next like she would have like her pet snakes sleep with her in bed 
Like, just right next to her. Just fucking venomous-ass snakes. Whatever reason it is, um, Philip sees that shit and he's like, "Oh fuck you! I ain't, I ain't sleeping next to you any longer." So they stop fucking. Like they they aren't sleeping next to each other. And uh, so yeah, you know the marriage just continues to go downhill from there. And uh, you know as Alexander grows up, um, uh, Philip gets another wife, and her name is also Cleopatra, not to be confused with his daughter. This is another Cleopatra. This is a Cleopatra who uh, is Macedonian, um, and keep that in mind because because Olympias is from Epirus, um, not Macedonian. Um, Alexander is technically half breed; he is half Macedonian, he's half a period. Um, and um, so, yeah, he gets a new wife, and. Uh, you know, Olympias gets like very jealous as she does. She's a very ambitious woman. You also have to keep in mind she has very she has huge like goals and ambitions for her son. Um, so she's like starting to like freak out a little bit. She's like, God damn it, my son, my son's claim to the throne is like slipping away. I'm losing power. My my husband won't fuck me anymore. <laughs> um, and uh, I I think uh, Philip also ends up divorcing her anyways, and um, further delegitimizing Alexander's claim to the throne. And uh, and so he he ends up getting uh, his new wife Cleopatra pregnant. And uh, mind you, she is the daughter of Atollus, I believe, who is this Macedonian aristocrat. And so he, <laughs> fun fact, so, so, so he made like a big like public like prayer at like a, a temple where he's like, oh, gods, please give Macedonian uh, a, 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 a male heir from my daughter Cleopatra, publicly calling alexander a bastard and and basically saying you have no legitimacy to this throne so yeah dude alexander the great's like claim to this throne is like really being fucking threatened um and also what like further delegitimizes uh olympias's uh importance to everything is that uh uh philip ends up getting their daughter cleopatra married to her uncle alexander the first of the peers the uncle i yep i know incest it's it's common here <laughs> so so he ends up getting cleopatra oh, okay <laughs> uh but anyway so cleopatra gets married off to alexander the first of Epirus, and um so so uh the diplomatic ties that olympias's marriage to philip had like with the kingdom of Epirus, are just completely delegitimized and so you know her power's running out and so oh god uh what what happens next uh so yeah and then uh cra crazy shit happens um so 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 olympias ends up putting herself uh into exile in uh Epirus. um you know like just to save herself from all this crazy ass fucking drama um 
And then what happens is, is on the night of Philip and Cleopatra's uh, marriage, you know, to his new wife, um, uh, he is murdered by one of the members of his own personal guard. I know, dude, shit gets like, it gets spicy. It's, I know it's bad blood. There's, it's, it's wild. Um, and so, you know, uh, Olympias, like, finally makes her return back to Macedon, and everyone's just like, oh, come on, bro. This bitch did it. Come on. Like, let's be honest here. Like, she had motive, and, but, you know, uh, regardless, uh, Alexander takes that time, and he claims the throne for himself, and he's declared the new king of Macedon, because he's, like, he's the only, like, actual, like, legitimate heir there. Um, I mean, he had, like, other half-siblings, but, uh... I mean, none of them were as as ambitious as he is, uh, I'm assuming. And so, um, yeah, and then Olympias has Philip's wife, Cleopatra, and her infant child killed <laughs> promptly. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, no, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. killing the baby. Yeah, yeah, no, fuck that shit. <laughs> so, fuck them kids. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, yeah, she, uh, so, yeah, she kills the wife that she was jealous of and her kid. Um... And so, you know, Alexander, he's the new uh, king of Macedon. He takes over the army. Um, and, and, and that, that, okay, let me get back onto the context of uh, Philip trying to set up that whole, like, Hellenic league of, like, Greek city-states united by either being conquered by Macedon or, like, through diplomatic means uh, to invade Persia. Because that really, like, sets the tone for Alexander to finally go and invade Persia. Because he has this Hellenic lead that his dad set up, and uh, Macedon already has one of like the best well-trained militaries in the world. Like Alexander is completely set, and plus Alexander already now has military experience uh, because at the age of eighteen he fought with his father at the Battle of I believe it's pronounced uh, Cheronia. Totally butchering that, um, and like sacked Thebes in three thirty-six BCE. Um, so, you know, he's already got military experience. He has the greatest military in the world, like, at his call. And he's got this Hellenic League of a bunch of Greek city-states ready to invade Persia. He's fucking set. <laughs> and he's ready to go. And so, um, yeah, so, uh, uh, one of the, uh, the, the, I believe the first, like, uh, military, uh, like battle with this uh, campaign in Persia, three thirty four BCE, he meets with the Persians at the Granicus River, uh, which is in very very western Anatolia in modern day Turkey, um, and and he defeats them, um, and then he just keeps going. Uh, a year later, uh, he uh, arrives in uh, Phrygia, or is it Phrygia? I can't exactly remember how it's pronounced. Um, and he cuts the Gordian Knot. Now, the context of the Gordian Knot, uh, apparently whoever would solve the Gordian Knot was, like, destined to rule all of Asia. You know, it was like a, it was like a nice little legend that they had. Um, and so Alexander, to solve the Gordian Knot, he promptly just, you know, cuts it <laughs> with his sword. And they're just like, oh, shit. <laughs> damn, I guess this dude's gonna rule Asia, <laughs> and, um, and so, yeah, uh, after doing that whole Gordian Knot thing, it further, like, legitimizes, like, through legend, like, his whole, like, 
yeah, he's destined for great things. He's going to take over Persia and everything. Um, in the same year, he also defeats the uh, uh, the Persian uh, king, uh, Darius III, at the Battle of uh, Isis, uh, which is in uh, modern day... Ooh, I can't exactly remember uh, where this battle is held. Uh, I believe it's in like modern day Syria or Anatolia. Um, but Darius escapes, uh, and so uh, Alexander then decides to take Syria and Phoenicia um, uh, to basically cut off uh, the Persians from their like military like on the Mediterranean coast. Um, and in the following year, in 332 BCE, he uh, completes his seven-month siege of uh, Tyre, or is some, I believe it's sometimes pronounced Tyre, um, and then takes Egypt. And there, he receives the pharaoh's double crown. The, the Egyptians claim him as pharaoh. He founds the city of Alexandria in Egypt, but don't think that this is going to be the only city the only cla claimed as Alexandria. He names a shit ton of cities after himself, by the way. Uh, he, like... Again, big ego. Yes, big ego. absolutely. He names, like, 20 cities in total after himself, and uh, he also... Uh, names one city after his horse, Bucephalus. Um, <laughs> after his horse? Yes, yes. Is this the same horse that won the Olympics? Uh, no, it's not. I, I don't believe so. It'd be, that'd be interesting if it is, though. <laughs> like, if it is the same horse that won the Olympics for his father, it's like... But but I don't think so. I mean, that would be an old-ass horse, then. I mean... I, Who knows? But... Yeah, dude. <laughs> that, that, it's a, the descendant, descendant of Achilles. <laughs> um, I mean, fuck, very well, maybe a fucking bastard child of Zeus. I mean, Zeus in Greek mythology uh, apparently like fucked a horse to make the centaurs. So, this maybe. Yeah. So, so yeah, Bucephalus totally has legitimacy. <laughs> Uh, okay, but anyways, so, yeah, and he visits this oracle of, like, the god Amon, um, the, uh, Amon's, like, a very important Egyptian, uh, god, and, uh, yeah, and they further, like, legitimize, like, the claim of divinity, like, oh, yeah, dude, you're, you're totally a demigod, <laughs> um, yeah, man, invade the Persians, do what you gotta do, <laughs> and so then in the following year, 331 BCE, uh, Alexander finally wins the decisive victory at the Battle of Gagamela, uh, which is in, like, modern-day Iraq, um, and he takes the province of Babylon, and, um, later on, uh, well, shortly later on, Darius is killed by one of his own satraps, uh, what you have to understand is that satraps are basically just governors of the Persian Empire, because, because, because how the Persian Empire worked, it, it was a very, like, it was a very well-functioning, uh, bureaucracy, um, like, of course, like, the king of kings, the, the Persian emperor is gonna, like, call all the shots, but the thing is, is that he, he, he leaves power in these, like, local governors of provinces, uh, called satraps and i mean of course like you think like as a modern human being like uh der like i mean we have governors and like representatives and our representative republics and democracies today but like back then this is like this is very good it's very innovative and it's very much like doesn't prompt people for rebellion because <laughs> you know you have all these governors that you're you're keeping happy and giving power and they're 
they're generally people they're generally like local like men who do live in the province so it's like it makes sense that somebody who lives in the province is gonna like own it <laughs> like and basically like uh govern it for you um but yeah so but he ends up getting killed by one of these satraps um and in 330 bce uh alexander burns the xerxes palace at persepolis and uh and he makes plans to blend like macedonian and like persian culture together because realize that whenever he invaded the persian empire he didn't just like totally fucking switch everything and he's like hellenic culture everybody like no he ends up even adopting the persian government because you know it's it functions very well um and uh yeah he uh later in, in the following time he uh just consolidates his power throughout the rest of uh the persian empire and um like basically just quelling any like rebellion or uprising and he conquers modern day tajikistan and um Alexander marries his first wife in 327 BCE, Roxana, sometimes called Roxanne. Uh, her Persian name is... Roxanne. Okay. <laughs> uh, but her Persian name is uh, Roshanak, which means, like, little star or illuminating, like, for w w which is meant to, like, exemplify, like, her beauty. Like, apparently she's, like, hot as fuck, and Alexander's like, I gotta marry that bitch. Like, the first time he sees her... But 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 but, but 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 don't get it but don't get it twisted. This isn't like I'm not saying like take this love story with a grain of salt, but like look, Alexander was a raging bisexual. You you have to keep this in mind. He had he had a gay lover. Uh many say uh Hephaestion, his childhood friend who uh went with him on his campaign throughout Persia. Uh, yeah, they, they, a lot of historians definitely say, like, yeah, dude, they, they were gay lovers. Um, uh, because, uh, fun fact, when... Are you sure they weren't roommates? <laughs> I, yeah, <laughs> exactly, my, my point, exactly. Um, cause, uh, cause the same year that, um, Alexander holds the Susa weddings, and we'll get back onto that. So, the same year that, uh, Alexander holds the Susa weddings in 324 BCE, um, Hephaestion dies later after the weddings, and yeah, and so, like, dude, Alexander is heartbroken. He's like, he's like, man, fuck all of y'all, I'm gonna cry. <laughs> you know, that, that type of shit. He's like, his childhood friend and his gay lover, they're dead. <laughs> Just, and so he holds this, like, massive hero's funeral and, uh, fucking, uh, and, and like, demands, like, divine honors at his funeral, like, like, he fucking loves this guy, and so he's, like, absolutely heartbroken at his death, and so, yeah, I don't know, fun fact, Alexander was, he, he was, he was living it up, man, he, 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 he got the best of both worlds, um, <laughs> oh, no, that, that's not all, I was gonna talk, yeah, no, I was gonna talk about the Sousa wedding, so, yeah, I'm yeah. So in 324, uh the same year that Hef, uh, later dies, um he conducts these wedding the this these weddings called the Susa weddings. This really like big uh event where um he takes two more wives uh who uh one is the daughter of Darius and then the other is the daughter of Artaxerxes. Um 
both Persian noblemen, and uh, and uh, one's named uh, Statara, I believe I'm pronouncing that right, and the other uh, Parasitus or Parasitus. Um, and so yeah, he takes two more wives, um, and they're Persian, so it's like you know further him assimilating. I mean, I guess so. Uh, uh, so, so, so further, like him adopting and like assimilating into like Persian culture. Um, at this wedding, he like wears like uh, uh, Persian clothing, and he does the whole wedding in like a traditional like Persian way. Like, like there's a certain way where like he sits on the the groom's like, uh like the groom's like throne like chair and uh like the wife comes up and like kisses his hand and like like sits next to him and then like they finally hold hands and like kiss and then that's the ceremony like it, like he does he does the wedding in a as a persian wedding and he uh makes he, he has a lot of his like close macedonian generals also take persian wives this was his blend of wanting to mix Persian and Macedonian culture and the empires like fused together wasn't very popular among Greeks and Macedonians. Um, they were like, the fuck? these people are beneath us. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, you know, big egos. Greeks, Greeks have big egos. Ancient Greeks have big egos. Not saying that. <laughs> yeah no, no no modern day greeks you're fine you're fine <laughs> don't cancel me um uh, but yeah so well, well i mean really everybody uh, around this time feels like their culture is superior to other people i mean we have people like that nowadays but um but yeah so not a big like popular idea that he does trying to fuse all of these cultures together um and uh yeah and then finally like a year later um he falls ill in 323 BCE um it, it mysteriously too there there's no real like actual like reason why he like turned ill a lot of people say that he was poisoned uh i mean but it very well could have just been alcohol poisoning i mean this dude was like partying and living it up um, it seems it seems like whatever you give <laughs> yeah um however a fun fact uh, a little something about uh before he died um i want to see if i can remember this or if i wrote it down in my notes uh but whenever his army okay so he invaded india and defeated king porus at the hadaspis river um but his troops wouldn't go any further than that they were like look dude we got to go back. We've been campaigning. They, mind you, they've been campaigning for like over 10 years. Alexander is like 30 at this point. He, he gets the throne at the, uh, like at the age of 20. He's 30 right now. He's conquered an empire that reaches all the way from Egypt and Greece to fucking India. Like his troops are like, look, dude, we're done. It's been 10 years. Let's just go back. Let's just go back home. And so, because of that, because of this mutiny, he, Alexander is, uh, a lot of people say that he was like, you know what, okay, fine, we'll fucking go back. But he wanted to punish his troops, though. 
and he makes them cross through the uh the Gedrosha. Gedrosha. I hope that's how you pronounce it. The the Gordosha Gordosha Desert, um, causing a lot of death and casualties throughout his military as they walk back. And, and a lot of historians argue, like, dude, this guy could have fucking gone back to like fucking like it, what is modern day Iraq, like through like the fucking Red Sea and the Persian Gulf. Well, no, not the Red Sea. <laughs> that's on the other side. But but like he could have gone through like the Persian Gulf and like. He, he could have taken so many other routes, but he specifically goes through the fucking desert. Uh, like, causing, like, many casualties throughout his army, because a lot of people argue, like, he's he's trying to punish his army for wanting to fucking meet me. Like, ten years of fighting is, like, not enough. It's like... We need more! <laughs> more! Like, it, like, his troops are like, look, dude, we gotta go back. Um, so, yeah, um... Big ego Alexander uh, is like, fuck you guys. So yeah, he falls ill, uh, dies in Babylon. He ends up getting buried in Alexandria, Egypt. Um, but the story doesn't end there with his mother. Um, him and his mom kept a lot of correspondence while he was off on this campaign conquering Persia. Um, he would like send back to uh, back her and his sister. He would send back his mom and his sister like many gifts and like. Uh, booty that he uh, like got throughout the campaign um, and so whenever so whenever Alexander dies um, his general uh, Periticus is ruled as regent after his death and, and he's going to rule as regent because um, mind you uh, Roxana um, that she hasn't given birth to Alexander's heir yet uh, she she's still pregnant with him, so it's like they, they don't have a legitimate heir to the throne right now. Um, just pull the baby out. Yeah, <laughs> just let him roll. So Periticus is going to rule his region until uh, Alexander's kid can basically rule until he's old enough to rule. Um, but the thing is, is that um, one of Alexander's generals, another guy named Antipater, uh, he tries to marry his daughter. Nisaea, uh, or Nisaea, uh, off to Periticus, um, but Olympias beats him to it and says, oh no, marry my daughter Cleopatra. Now you may say, but isn't Cleopatra already married to Alexander I of Epirus? Not anymore, because Epirus died on a <laughs> military expedition, uh, to, um, uh, it's not Illyria, I think it's Italy. Yeah, because they, they were doing military expeditions all the way in Italy, and so he dies, and so now she's widowed, and so Olympias is like, oh, marry my daughter, Periticus. It, w welcome to Alexander's family. You know, shit like that. Um, But Antipater was very insulted by this. He's like, wow, fuck you, Olympias. And um, a civil war breaks out between Antipater against Olympias and Periticus, and um, Antipater wins. He, he wins. And so he's ruling as... Uh, I, don't, I don't think he rules as regent, but... No, 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 I think he does. But the thing is that he dies shortly after he's, like, claimed as regent. And so... Um, also, fun fact... Uh, 
what was I gonna say? Oh no, never mind. I already said that. But anyways, so uh, Cassander, um, who is Antipater's son, he t- he takes up the the role as regent, uh, after his father. But uh, he he goes in and establishes, uh, Philip uh Aridaeus as the king. Uh, Philip Aridaeus is um, Alexander the Great's older half brother. So he establishes him as the king of Macedon, and I kind of promptly takes him captive and like keeps him in Macedon. Um, Man, people were having a lot of babies. Yes, I and I mean, like, keep in mind, like, dude, Philip had like three other wives before Olympias, and then marries another one after her, like. Yeah, no, dude. Like, mind you, the the majority of these marriages, like I said, they're for diplomatic reasons. It's for gaining power and status. <laughs> so yeah, no, it's it's. I mean, it's really fucking sad when you think about it. But um, regardless, uh, so he establishes Philip Aridaeus as king. Uh, they kick this dude. Uh, one of uh. One of Alexander's former generals who was uh siding uh with olympius uh polyprecon he, he he tried to like invite uh he tried to invite olympius uh to be regent until like alexander's child was ready but she declined she's like no i'm not gonna rule and so but yeah um Seeing that uh, Polyprocon is kicked out of Macedon by Philip Aridaeus and Antipater's son, Cassiter, uh, she realizes that her grandson's uh, like legitimacy to the throne is jeopardized. Uh, so she ends up taking Polyprocon's side, and uh, they, they, they go and invade uh, Macedon, and they... Uh, they they have Philip Aridaeus killed, as well as Cassander's brother, who is in the city. And as retaliation, Cassander uh, gets his army and uh, comes back to Macedon uh, and takes the city back from Polyprocon and Olympias, and uh, they are promptly both killed. So... Yeah, that's yeah. That's that's basically all I got for real. Very interesting story, Elijah. I know, very I really interesting. Liked I, I the two Cleopatras <laughs> and you know the many Alexanders that were in there. Yeah, no, there's they they reuse the same names. It's it gets really confusing. This is why I don't like history that much. Oh, but it's amazing. It is. It's pretty good. It's got some good stories. <laughs> so I guess it's time for Anna time. Yeah. Anna time. So. Oh, hold up. Another fun fact. I don't know if I mentioned this, but Roxana had uh, Alexander's two other wives killed after his death. So, yeah, you know, further jealousy and, uh, I mean, slay on her, I guess. <laughs> that is so slay. Um back to me oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> but so today i'm bringing you the story of hh H. holmes um also you know he was born as herman webster mudget uh may 16th 1861 in gilmantron or gilmanton new hampshire 
Um, so new hand child. <laughs> Hamster. <laughs> um, but so he's actually the country's first like well-known serial killer. Like, not saying that there were no serial killers before him, but really we see this as the first serial killer. Um, like, wait, like the first serial killer that's like recognized. Yes, okay. like whenever you look it up, it's he's the first serial killer. So basically, he was born. You know, everything was fine. He was born to a pretty wealthy family, but the thing is, his dad absolutely abused him. Absolutely, he was Oedipus wow. complex. <laughs> well, you see. His attachment to his mom wasn't that strong. I'm saving the strongest for our last um, episode of Mama's Boys. But you see, she ended up, um, she preached to him. You'll see this with a lot of serial killers who actually like their moms, is that their moms would preach to them that, you know, this was bad and this was bad and this was bad, but this is good. You know, they really like got into their minds with that preaching. Um, but his mother had a terminal illness, and it kind of ended up breaking up and traumatizing the family. Um, it really was um, bad for Holmes because he, well, he became a doctor. Um, but we don't know whether this was because, you know, of his murderous nature or if he wanted to, or if, like, he despised doctors due to him them not being able to treat his mother so an interesting story while he was young um he absolutely hated doctors he was in a school and you know he was getting bullied like really badly bullied and so um his bullies basically there was this skeleton in the doctor's office his bullies trapped him in the room with a skeleton, and he was scared to death of the skeleton. But, you know, he faced it, and, you know, that, like, kind of turned into interest at the end. You know, like, horror into, like, this is kind of interesting. Well, it's a, no, it's like a doctor's office. Oh, okay, so he gets locked in. Well, it was it was a small interest. It wasn't like big. He was still terrified of the stuff, but like he started having these feelings of like, man, like what what exactly do doctors do at this age? Like the, he started, you know, kind of like, man, I kind of like the way the human body looks. Like I wonder what how like the human body works. And so, another thing while he was young, um, around eight years old, he had, um, he had finally developed his fascination with, you know, the body, but, um, it also came with horror. Like, he was, for some reason, he was scared, but he was fascinated. So, um, eight years old, a photographer came to town, and this photographer asked him, hey, can you go and, you know, give this to somebody? And the photographer, you know, 
closes his door. And, you know, Holmes or Mudgett um, goes and delivers his stuff and comes back to the photographer's office. Well, he opens the door and he finds the photographer with an artificial limb taken off his body. And, you know, watching him take off his limb really, like, messed with his mind. You know, he was like, wow. Holy shit. (laughs) He, no, the fact that he was taking it off, he said in his diary that he would have not, he would have been, um, it's like, he would have, like, been as scared if the doctor took off his head instead of his leg. Like, he would have been the same amount of scared. Because <laughs> it's it's a it's a leg. But the thing is, he was expecting him to just take off his head too. Like, he did not know about artificial limbs. And so he basically goes and you know, he develops this fascination it turned into like this thing where he starts killing animals and performing like surgeries on them. <laughs> it's a classic, well, not psychopaths because not all psychopaths are serial killers, but um, it's a classic serial killer sign, and it's become like a telltale sign in yeah, most stories where they. Just, they, like, yeah, they start it's mainly because animals can't fight back. They'll start on things like, you know, fish, frogs, stuff like that first. Move up to things like cats. Eventually go to dogs. Um, And that's like their little thing. They move up slowly to things that can defend themselves. Like they go things that can't defend themselves, things that can defend themselves. And then like, you know, cats, claws, dogs, teeth, like things like that. And then they... um. They eventually end up, you know, usually they'll kill, like, a child first and then, like, you know, go up the scale. Like, you know, they can't defend themselves. It gets easier. And so, but the thing is, um, you know, even though this telltale sign happened, you know, it could have never happened. And, I mean, no one really suspected anything until while he was young, he had... um. He had one friend. He did not have friends at all because remember he was bullied in school. He had one friend though. And you know, they're playing around and this friend just mysteriously dies. He said to have fell and then, you know, died. And, but everyone after hearing Holmes' story wonders if this friend actually died from falling or if, you know, He would, like, push or something like that Um, because, you know, Holmes was killing animals at the same time. So maybe this was his first victim. And, I mean, we'll never know because there is no evidence of anything. But a lot of people are speculating that that might have happened. Um, Moving on, um, he... You know, he was going to really good schools. He was bright from a young age. He, like, made good grades and stuff like that. And um, he, so, actually, he went 
um, for one year at the University of Vermont um, before committing to a larger university, Ann Arbor, Michigan, um, or, you know, uh, the University of Michigan. And um, so here's a fun fact. Most serial killers do not finish college. So this is like, you know, something, and it's not like they can't finish college. Serial, serial killers are usually really, really intelligent people. But, you know, he finished college, and it's not something you see every day. It's usually because they don't have a lot of control in college. They don't feel like they have control in college. And that might be due to, you know, it's more rigorous than regular schools. Like, I don't know. It's just usually people bring this up um, is that he finished college, you know. Um, after college, he, I know, he like worked around um, nothing really big until he performed his first insurance scam by um, faking death by using real cadavers. He started getting into that to make his money. You know, he'd tell the person, take out insurance. He would find a cadaver for them and, like, stage a death. And, you know, they they were like, okay, like, that's fine. So, wait, so this was his rise to fame, being a con man for people who want to get, like, their insurance money so they die. Yes, he was a big con man. Holy shit. Um, I'll tell you more about stuff he did. Oh, my God. Um, that, dude. <laughs> but, um... Roll them um, so basically... Um, there was this one time that he even conned a per or like he, you know, conned an in insurance company and, you know, he had to cut up the cadavers because he made up the story that these two people got cut up by another guy. And, you know, it was very weird. He was just so into you know, like these stories of like his insurance fraud. Um, but, you know, he, you know, re returned to Portland, Maine um, after college and stuff. And um, he taught at a winter school in North Folk, NJ. And um, he also got involved with a large business and he sold their products. Um, somewhere along the way, though, he had worked at a pharmacy. And... He accidentally overdosed a little boy on drugs. Accidentally, in quotations. This could have been another one of his victims. Yeah, he probably See, he definitely did. Um, in, in my mind. Okay. But um, his sister actually came in to the, um, to the place and was like, Hey you are the cause of my brother's death. And he was like, uh-oh, gotta go. And he left town. So in 1885, um, he moved to Chicago and started working at another drugstore under the name of H.H. Holmes. So he worked at that pharmacy for two years and eventually became the owner of the pharmacy. But I also saw a video where it said that he... he basically went in there. The owners of the pharmacy were these two older people and, you know, he worked for them and then, 
you know, the older guy died. His wife was the, like, she didn't want to run the pharmacy anymore. So she worked out a deal with um, Holmes. And basically, Holmes was like, sign this over to me and I'll give you monthly payments, you know, for the actual store itself. And he just never ended up giving her the payments. He he was just not. I mean, did they sign a they signed a contract? No. They signed a tr- contract, but um, basically, <clears throat> she signed the business over to him already before oh. the contract was done. So oh. she had already signed it over. For some reason, they took Holmes' side whenever she tried to sue, and they were like, "No, um, she basically." doesn't own it anymore you own it and so i see that some sites say that he worked hard and was a good employee and that's how he got it but whenever you learn the truth it's kind of sad because he really conned people out of everything so here's where it gets good across the street he saw this vacant site and he was like you know what i want that So he started construction in 1887 on a two-story building that would be soon known as his murder castle. So um, he had a way of getting out of paying by hiring people to to construct a part of the building and then firing them and saying that they did a bad job. So this was another thing. Um... You know, no one really knew the real layout of castle because... You know, so many construction companies had worked on the castle, so no one knew the layout except for Holmes. <laughs> so this was like a perfect opportunity to murder people. He had, you know, he was just so smart. Actually, part of his like thing that happened with his construction. Um, so Holmes had um basically rented a safe, a big vault from um, a bank. And so this bank was like, hey, give us money. So he had the vault put into the building and had construction around the vault. So the vault was basically sat in there. And he said, "Um, I'm not paying. And the bank said, well, we're going to, you know, repo your vault like we're gonna come in there and take it and he said if you even touch my building i will sue you and the bank was like what and he was like you know it's in the walls like if you touch it this whole place will you know not be good and so um that's how we got a vault for free i guess um this man had tricks up his sleeves left and right like yes um and, you know, it's just, um, it's very interesting. Um, so, the first floor was actually full of businesses. This was the street floor. And, you know, they had, like, barbershops, you know, everything like that down there. Um, the second room, or the second floor was full of rooms. And then, you know... There was a third floor along with a basement. Um, the The building was actually really weird. 
It um had doors that led to brick walls, confusing staircases with ple- pressure plates. And there were rooms with no windows, no vents, and um there were rooms that were too small to even stand in. You had to crawl into the room. No one like sat and thought like, "Hey, you know, maybe some weird shit's going on here." Like just- he, this isn't just it because um you know, he had a furnace put into, you know, where he performed his murders, and no one questioned it. It wasn't hot enough to cremate bodies, and they were like, what's this for? And he was like, oh, nothing. And they were like, okay, cool. And <laughs> um, so here's the thing. All the rooms were soundproof. He put, like, something like asbestos or something. I don't know the word. But he put something around the actual rooms to make them soundproof. And no one was like, no, you know, that's fine. Um, um, so, you know, soundproof rooms. He had gas jets in the rooms. Um, you know, that's fun. Just gas jets. Um, there was also, um rooms where he had control of the airflow he could cut it off turn it off you know suffocate people um there were doors no one thought to think (laughs) no like he had like little buttons and levers that he could push just to do this man's got like the fucking every serial killer's like dream house like (laughs) i know and you know um basically it was like a lot of things like there were doors that could not be opened from the inside. It could only be opened from the outside. So, like, once you step into the room, you're there. You're, like, you can't leave. <laughs> yeah. So, um, basically, most of the rigged rooms were on the second floor. Remember, he had a third floor to this. But, you know, he, um, the third floor actually burned down. On August 13th, um, 1893. And he had took out multiple insurance policies on this. But rather than giving him the money, because they thought, there's no way that third floor just burned down like that. Like, nothing. And instead of giving him money, they sued him. I'm not sure how that went. But um, he, like, soon he opened up his building to traveling people who were coming to have fun at the World Fair. Um, very cool, very cool. Like, the World Fair, everyone wants to be there, and, you know, um, many guests, um, here were, like, women that he wooed, because Mr., like, Holmes was very, really, like, charming. Like, he had multiple wives. Oh, okay. Um, (laughs) No, he was uh, charming. So they would be charmed by Holmes, and then he would invite them to stay during the fair. And then, you know, they would never walk out of the building again. They would walk in. That's it. Um, You might ask, how did he make money off of, like, these murders? Well, he used to get people to come and actually clean the bodies. And they'd be like, oh, you know, you got this from a science place. Like, you got this legitimately. And he would be like, yes, I got this legitimately. And he was like, could you, like, 
skeletons out of them. So he would sell the skeletons back to, um, back to like, you know, doctor's offices, places like that, like medical labs, things like that. And I guess no one, no one questioned, hey, how are you getting these skeletons? Like, hey, I'm just going to hire this cleaning service. I, I, I bought this body. Don't worry. I, like, what the fuck? Um, so, you know, he charmed basically everyone. And the thing is. My man maxed out his speech skill. <laughs> no, like. He was very good with his words. I mean, he was bright. He, you know, serial killer who made it through college. And, you know, he was a doctor. And so here's one of the things. Um, So he had, usually, if he liked a girl a lot, he would hire them as an assistant, you know, have sex with them, things like that. And then they would obviously, after a certain amount of time, be like, we need to get married. And he, so for, um, I believe two of these assistants died from Holmes trapping them in the vault, which had no airflow to it, remember? Mm. Um, so they would suffocate. But one of the girls, he actually put acid on the ground of the vault. So she's like, they're clawing their way out of there. They're trying to claw their way out of there, but it's metal. It's, you can't get out of there. Like, he just trapped them in there and just left them. And, you know, they would beg and plead for their life as he just sat there and heard, you know, they're scratching, they're yelling, they're screaming for an entire Like, he had a bunch of murder tools. Um, he had vats, vats of acid um, were discovered, you know. Um, he had a, like a wooden butcher looking table and then also i you know i mentioned the furnace that was um used to cremate bodies that you know he wasn't selling their skeletons um um also um one of the girls um that he killed he had a thing with um was pregnant she came up to Holmes and she was like, hey, I'm having your baby. We need to get married. And we all know how Holmes felt about marriage. <laughs> and he was like, let me perform an abortion on you. And she was like, what? <laughs> and he was like, <laughs> no, this was his way of getting rid of her. Yeah. Because abortions at the time were very dangerous. Yeah, no, for sure. And so, you know, she was like, okay, I mean, I guess I'll let you perform a, an abortion on me. And, like, at the promise of getting married. And, you know, she died. There was nothing said about her. And, you know, she just died. And when people questioned it, they always said, oh, well, she died from an abortion. And, you know, you know. It, it is what it she is. She killed her. <laughs> it is. Um... Soon, Holmes had to retreat from Chicago because, you know, the fire was suspicious and insurance companies were on his trail about it. Remember, they already tried to sue him. So, they're on his tail. And, you know, uh, before this, though, he meets a guy named Pitzel who, 
or wait, wait, so, 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 so Holmes starts a fire. He, remember, he, his third floor went aflame. Oh, okay, 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 gotcha. And he had took out multiple insurance policies on it. Remember, he was all about insurance policies. He was all about fraud. And so, before he leaves, he meets a guy named Kitzel, and Kitzel was a drunk. Like, he was just trying to provide for his family. Kitzel had a big family, but he was basically trying to provide for them. He was he was a good dad, and he was a good husband, but he was, you know... A drunk. A drunk. <laughs> and, um, you know, an interesting fact, Holmes, you know, employs him, but Holmes actually sent Kitzel to a doctor that could cure drunk drunkenness, and it worked for about a week, um, but of course failed. But there was a doctor out there at during these times who said he could actually cure drunkenness. Like, he was like, if you're an alcoholic, come to me. Yeah, no, that, you won't be an alcoholic yeah, yeah, anymore. I do. That, that reminds me of a lot of, like, uh, the big pharma, like, scams that, like, I've been learning in uh, my uh, my history class this semester. Like, like because, because our professor, she uh, specializes in, like, the history of medicine. And so it's, like, yeah, it's all about, like, big pharma scams throughout American history. It's... It's crazy, and a lot of like these formulas that like they would advertise is uh, like were apparently made with like fucking mercury. <laughs> like, like, so yeah. <laughs> so this guy that could cure drunkenness would basically put everything together, like all these different like things. And um, Holmes, remember he's a doctor, and he likes fraud. And so this guy being able to cure drunkenness, of course he wants to learn. Let's team up. <laughs> so he sends him over there. Uh, but a lot of people speculate that he sent him over there not because he was actually a drunk, but because he wanted to learn how to cure drunkenness too and, you know, put a business up. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's let's be honest, there's a lot of drunk you know, in this time. And so, um, you know, um, that brings us to Holmes going to jail for the first time. After he left Chicago, uh, he went to jail for the fire um, for building insurance fraud. They finally caught him and was like, yo, this ain't adding up. <laughs> but he wasn't done with insurance fraud. No. He... Um, met with this, he actually met this career criminal, Marion Hedgepath. Um, he met him in jail. He was serving like a 25-year sentence. And they actually were thinking up a plan. And um, he said it helped him set up the next scheme. But he was like, yo, if I help you do this, because I'm a career, like career, criminal, oh my God, career criminal then um you have to give me money <laughs> like i can't i can't do this for free and so they come up with a plan to get ten thousand dollars from faking a death and you know originally it was supposed to be the death of holmes but like holmes wasn't having that so they do it for his employee pitzel and pitzel obviously agreed you know he you know um really he like 
I mean, who doesn't want money? <laughs> and re- remember, he can't get empl- empl- employed at like most places because he is drunk. Like, this is a very, very big thing. He is known to the city as drunk. And um, so Tito g- agrees, obviously. And he decides to tell his family not to worry if, like, the newspaper says he was dead because he really wasn't dead. Blah, 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 blah. But, you know, Pitzel's wife was in on this. Um, then Holmes got married to another girl. There are so many girls that he wooed. And I can't even, like, I, there's too many names to bring up. Um, but, you know... Pitzel day, Pitzel's day has come, and Holmes is thinking, oh my lord, I have to get another cadaver. But then he goes, wait, I kill people. And so, Pitzel, um, basically, Holmes kills Pitz, Pitzel, and then, um, instead of faking his death, uh, he kills him and burned him to make it seem like it was some sort of accidental chemical explosion that actually killed him but like even then um the police were questioning it it just had very weird staging like it it was very weird and you know Holmes is still scot-free though he earns that ten thousand dollars because police can't go like I think it happened they have to know it happened so basically they're investigating that but um he still gets the ten thousand dollars guess how much he gave the wife the wife who was in on this nothing actually he was more generous than oh that. okay 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 I was gonna he gave that. her five hundred dollars out of wow. the ten thousand wow, that he earned that is... and you know what a generous man <laughs> what like it it really like imagine you're like having to go through this insurance scam and you know having the trauma of thinking your husband is dead and then you only get five hundred dollars like let's be real let's be real it should be like half and half but no you know pistol's dead he can't get half and you know the wife isn't going to question it it's because like you know his her her husband agreed to it probably and so um Holmes decided to tell um to tell this um lady this widow now that um it would be best to split up her kids in case the you know there were questions that they they could have answered wrong and stuff like that and so he basically split up two girls um, and sends them away. And then he splits up the other three and sends them away. And then he sends the mother to a different like place. So they are constantly moving around. Um, so what happens is Holmes kills three of the five children. And the sad fact is these Three children, along with the other two, of course, would constantly write their mother letters, but they would not get delivered. So, whenever the court case was brought up, 
and they're like, is this your daughter? They found the letters, um, one with Pearl, and actually the mother was like, oh my gosh, that's my daughter just from her writing and just broke down. And that is the saddest fact that, you know, they were writing each other. And the thing is, Holmes sometimes would keep them so close to each other, but they just never crossed paths. And, um, so he'd have him like, for example, like stationed in like nearby cities or even in the same city. Yes. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> and they just, they were told to stay inside. They didn't leave. They were trying to get this money. They were trying to make sure that they would get this money. And because like, they don't have a lot of money. And so, um, here's the big kicker. Remember? Um, Marion Hedgepath. We, we've gone through a lot of names, so so what was Marion Hedgepath? The career criminal. Okay, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Marion, yeah, 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 the guy that he met in jail. Yes, yeah. so this is basically what happens. So, Marion Hedgepath, remember, he was supposed to get money from her. Oh, he's coming back for, he's like, where the fuck is mine? <laughs> So, this is how the story starts coming to an end. Hedgepath alerts insurance agents to Holmes, um, you know. (laughs) And basically, Holmes, you know, was arrested for fraud and Pitzel's death in Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, Massachusetts? Oh my god, say it. Massachusetts? (laughs) Yes. Um, in 1894, um, you know, so he, he's still getting, remember, Hedgepath, um, knows all about his plan because they were planning this up together. So now you have, um, basically, you know, he knows all about the plan. He knows about, you know, him killing Pitzel. And so, you know. They investigate. They start investigating, and then they find the dead kids and everything like that. But um, he was sentenced to death, and for a long time, he would say that he was innocent. And, you know, after, I guess, he got tired of keeping that up, I mean, he would also say he was possessed by Satan. But finally, soon after, he would confess to 27 murders. In Chicago, Indianapolis, and Toronto. Though experts believe that was more than 200. I know. You guys can't see, but like I'm just like making a very blank stare right now. <laughs> Remember, most of these were travelers from the World Fair. So- oh, so that makes sense. It's, a, it's like a perfect destination, yeah. I mean, mean, like, you're going to have a shit ton of tourists come by and, like, want to see this event. Yeah, and they need places to stay. So, um, on May 7th, 1896, Holmes was hanged at the Philadelphia County Prison for the murder of Pitzel's family and countless other murders. So, that's our little fun case about... Holmes, H.H. Holmes, or Herman Webster Mudgett. Um, 
Yes. Any questions from the class? Um. What the fuck, <laughs> dude? Over two hundred, okay. bro. That that man's like rocking crazy numbers, bro. <laughs> I mean, he was, you know, America's first serial killer. Yeah, so charismatic. These police probably were not, you know, expecting this. And remember, at the same time, um, I believe the, um, you know, at uh, near the same time, the um. What's it called? Hold on. H.H. Holmes was kind of like said to be, what's that one that was in Britain? That British murderer. Are you talking about Jack the Ripper? Yes, Jack uh, the Ripper. So, so he's like the American Jack the He's like, well, people, I don't know why, but oh, some people, people spec. Like, oh my God, he came from England. Yeah, some people have speculated okay. that he yeah. was Jack the Ripper, what? which. There is no evidence behind that. Okay. I don't even think Holmes, like, would be capable of that. Again, but there was there was so many differences. Um, you know, but that's our little story about H.H. H. Holmes. Uh, he was very interesting. I'd say to look him up a little bit more. There are plenty of videos that go into detail on exactly what happened um you know and i just believe that this is the perfect fit for our mama's boys episode because he was so attached to his mom that he became a doctor was interested in medicine and you know that interest led him into killing these people i would say and so i'd say that's the end of my segment okay uh well i hoped everybody listening enjoyed our little uh our little story time about our uh mama's boys from history uh america's first recognized serial killer and alexander the great himself uh anything else we want to add Go get yourselves a cup of coffee after this. Uh, yeah, yeah, you guys, you guys. I hope you guys like the intro. Uh, that's uh, hot coffee. But uh, yeah, do, do do we know who made it? Uh, it it's uh, we got it from a royalty free reps website, obviously. <laughs> we, we will put the audio link in the description along with the um the maker of it. Um, all credit goes to them for our intro. Yeah, absolutely amazing song. Um, anyways, I, I think that concludes our episode. Tune in next week for Mama's Boy Part 2, um, where we will be also talking about another pair of Mama's Boys. This will be a three-parter, um, but I believe that's it for this episode. Everyone, go have a nice cup of coffee, and see you later. Bye, guys.